Hello, everyone, and welcome to What a Pitch, the podcast where people pitch made-up movies. I am your host, Dan Cutler, and unfortunately, I am the only host for today's episode. Uh, Sean couldn't make it. We miss him very much. But uh, we have a very special guest with us today. He is a film critic for Asheville Movies and Substream Magazine. He hosts a podcast about addiction called High Notes. And he works for the music promotion company called Holix.com. Please welcome to the podcast, James Shotwell. Thanks for coming, James. Hey, glad to be here. You have so much energy. I love to hear it. Oh, thanks. Uh, I'm going to like in post-production, I'm going <laughs> to insert like an applause when I say welcome, James Shotwell. Yeah, so. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. How you doing? I am doing fine or hiding out in my... Uh home recording studio slash closet right now it's uh i don't know what it is there's no windows in this room it's a fine day i'm just i'm just chilling on the floor talking to you how how are you handling quarantine and uh covid and all this situation it is fine um i'm doing it as well as you can i work from home so nothing in my life has really changed other than that i see my partner Brittany a lot more often these days because she's home a lot um Recently, it's been pretty good because I've been working on covering movies for Fantasia Fest. So the last several nights, I've been bothering her with random horror and comedy oddball films. So that's been going really well. Otherwise, um, it's pretty dull, but I'm not really like an outside person. I mean, I'm on a podcast pitching theoretical movies. So I guess it's probably clear that I'm not an outdoorsman by trade, Uh, but I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, you know, watching movies, talking about movies, living the dream. Fair enough. What is what is Fantasia Fest? It is a international genre festival that takes place in Canada, usually around this time of year. It usually lasts like two weeks, but because of COVID, it's now an online festival and it's geo-locked. So you have to be in Canada to actually participate as like a moviegoer. But as a member of the press, it's actually kind of great that it's that it's digital because all of the movies are made available to you online now. So I just send this guy that works at the festival an email, three movies at a time is the rule. And then he sends me three links to movies. And then every day I can just request three more movies and he just fills up my inbox with all these like random things. Uh, last night we watched Adam Rime, uh, Rime Hire's Dinner in America, which won a lot of awards at Sundance this year. It was super good good i watched uh this fracking horror story called unearth the other day that was super bad (laughs) and uh i've watched a lot of stuff that hasn't premiered quite yet that i'll be reviewing in the coming days but like that's my that's my niche is like the world of genre film like a horror or extreme weird cinema that's that's kind of the the thing that i love wow that's really awesome i and and that kind of segues really uh well into a question i was going to ask you what is like your favorite film or a notable a notable film in your life like if you can't keep it to Um, one you know that's okay yeah yeah well i guess whenever somebody asks me like my my cool film guy answer is usually network which i know won like a billion awards in 1976 but i I feel like everyone knows the line i'm mad as hell and i'm not going to take it anymore but most people haven't seen the film these days so that's always like my go-to film snob answer uh or goodfellas but honestly the film that's probably impacted my life the most that was made since I was born <laughs> 30 some years ago is, uh, is Jeff Nichols take shelter with Michael Shannon. I think it's a, a fantastic film that I constantly recommend people watch. It's a, it's a life changing piece of independent cinema that tells you just how easy it is to make a movie that doesn't really cost anything that has like a really big high concept idea and is executed super well. And for anyone that's seen the film, I recently learned that when there's a moment in the film where Michael Shannon has this big public meltdown in a VFW hall. And I learned recently that when they filmed that scene, they were using extras from the the town in Ohio where they filmed it. And they didn't tell them what was going to happen. They just said like, Michael Shannon's going to come into the room and then he's going to, he's going to say some things, but nobody knew that he was going to like have this Oscar worthy explosion meltdown of like craziness that he's, you know, kind of known for at this point. And every time I watch it, it's just like, wow, that's just like all the, all the pieces come together in that movie in a way that's really powerful. And, and it, it, it handles some really cool ideas in a way that isn't like CGI heavy or too predictable. I feel. Wow, that's very cool. I'm I'm not familiar with that movie, but I'm a I'm a big Michael Shannon fan, and now that I work from home every day, you know, I yeah. I've got to put it on the list now. He might be my he might be my favorite actor of all time. That's that's a Quite pretty awesome. good choice. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, he doesn't miss, right? He's in movies that miss. He's in movies that miss real big. But but he he's never he's always the best part of even those really bad films. Like uh, he's in Kangaroo Jack, which is not a movie that any of us are celebrating, but he's pretty good in his like 30 seconds in that movie. Yeah, and he's in what's that one uh Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie where he's a bike messenger? Uh, and Michael Shannon plays this like crooked cop who's he's the he's the villain in yeah 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 uh, man that was a completely forgettable movie yeah. but Michael Shannon is pretty great in that movie Premium Rush is what it's called oh yeah that is what it's, it's a called. terrible title <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense well enough jibber jabber how about we get on to uh, pitching this theoretical movie that you have for us James would you like that Yes, I would. Let's do it. Do I just do I just dive in? Do I have to give you like a t- how how do you want me to give it to you? Well, there's only one rule about pitching your movies. You have to pitch it in the elevator. Bing bong. Okay. Okay, here we go. Well, elevator I'm, pitch, real quick. I'm, okay. Yep. Give it to me. Give it to you. Okay. Hey, hi, Mr. Movie Producer Guy. I like the things that you made. I have a movie idea. You haven't heard it before. Maybe you have, but I don't think so. So let's get into it. Here's what happens. Set in the mid-90s, a group of small small town kids in the Midwest decide to prank their town by making crop circles and unintentionally contact extraterrestrials. Perfect. I don't need to hear anything else. Goodbye. <laughs> Yes, my dreams have come true. Wait, you didn't offer me a contract. <laughs> nope, bye. Yeah, so in the simplest terms, that's that's the idea. It's 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 the X-Files meets Stranger Things meets Signs set in the 90s. The best time. I I mean honestly, like that's an incredibly like simple concept, but I'm like so fully in, you know? It it i mean that's really something okay so <laughs> all right yeah uh so let's lay out the so you know i mean that i i guess that could be the end of the episode <laughs> bye no i'm kidding uh so now yeah <laughs> so now let's set up the entire sequence of the events so we start we start the movie off um in this small town in the midwest set in the mid 90s you said Yes, mid '90s. We have we have the internet, but not really. So there there is some technology, but it's it's still mostly like, yeah, people are still really outdoors and just like outside playing kickball and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, there was a moment right before the internet when the X Files existed and Unsolved Mysteries, where crop circles were still a thing that people believed in in a way. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you were a really creative sleuth, you could figure out how to do that at home. I mean, I know where you live. I'm from Michigan. We have a lot of cornfields here too. It's a thing that exists. And so I, I love the idea of these kids who think it would be a really funny, harmless prank to destroy a field by making um, making their own crop circles. And if you're going to do a crop circle, you can't just like draw a smiley face. That's too obvious. It has to look like something. It has to be something that people have never seen before. So my idea would be to use um, a mixture of geometry, you know, circles, triangles, and all that with Sumerian text, because if you're a big ancient aliens fan, you'll know that the uh, ancient Sumerians have the Anunnaki, which is like their version of aliens, people that came down and gave us technology so that we could become a civilization. So one of the kids in the group has to be the nerdy, the nerdy one that knows the stuff. There's like the bad boy, and then there's the super nerd, there's the love interest, so on and so forth. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, one of these kids is definitely like, deep diving into the internet like very early internet but like it's there in the in the mm-hmm. mid 90s um, yeah. to know all of that so mm-hmm. i'm i'm into that that creates some diversity yes. with our group yeah so we so we have a crew right so we have the bad boy that's like the the prankster that gets them all into it he he has the idea presents it to the smart kid because the smart kid understands the internet probably has some references to ancient aliens you got to have like the uh the chatty goody two shoes who's like guys we shouldn't do this but i'm gonna go along with it because i want to be a part of the cool kid group and then we we have like the the lovable loser best friend that just gets roped into things because they need a lookout or they need a watch they need they need that extra person in the mix and uh the the first prank the first the first crop circle 
just generates news like in a way that they didn't expect it makes some headlines but it's it, it's it's not a national story but then the second one they get a little bit more deeper they, they just choose some symbols because they're kids they don't understand sumerian text they're just picking symbols <laughs> mix it together make it a crop circle it, it becomes national news in a way that's like hysteria because that's what used to happen in the 90s people would be like oh my god aliens are in kansas and then as they're you know plotting their next big event their next big crop circle contact happens and i, and I imagine it's a lot like signs where it where it feels very close quarters like it, we're in you know in science it's just the house and the field pretty much the entire movie you don't really see anything else and so in this case it would just be this town where it's like something weird is happening in this town and, and the presence of aliens is something that the kids don't understand how they did it because they don't understand the text but they have to you know partner up with the librarian in town or one of their grandfathers or somebody who's this elder source of knowledge to figure out how to solve the day. So there's a little bit of a rival in there as well. Yeah. Like, how do we communicate? What are we saying? What did you, what did you do? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so they perform, they perform a couple crop circle pranks. Uh, is there like a third crop circle circle that is done by the aliens themselves and not by the kids? And they're like, Yes. So, yeah, it, the the return, mm -hmm. right? The response. So, so you so you get like so you establish that they do like two. So we know that they're the ones doing it. They're doing it, and you know, Farmer Fred's field every week, something like that. It's always it's always some it's always the same person every time. And then before the third one, maybe like the night before, they wake up the next morning ready to do it, and somebody has beaten them to it. So the first day, at least at first, they're like, oh somebody is stealing our prank like somebody else at school has figured out what we're doing and they're trying to take usurp us in some way and maybe that causes that's a good source of conflict a secondary conflict you know the bullies in school or whatever trying to think that somebody's mm -hmm. trying to beat them and what they realize <clears throat> the nerdy one would then see the shape and be like uh guys i don't think that this is a coincidence and this is ancient sumerian as well and they're saying hello or hi or whatever it happens to be maybe they accidentally made a decree for war and they get a call for assistance um this this sets off an event where okay now we have to make a bigger one so the next crop circle the third one which would be like heading into act two middle of act two because into act one is obviously they make contact back in act two we're going for a bigger we're doing something bigger now something much larger and it, and it is a declaration of violence in some way because in their heads they're going against some local bully some unknown local party that's that's the other source of contact here so they make their their punk kids they're going to say something stupid so they say something stupid in their crop circle and then disaster strikes instead of getting a third instead of getting a response this time you know the field just burns down that you know the, the farmhouse goes up in flames so somebody dies and all of a sudden the police are now looking at them they're like someone's on their trail the cops are like who's leaving these crop circles the kids know that they aren't the ones mm -hmm. doing it it's actually an extraterrestrial being they've started something big wow wow the stakes have just been raised immensely now <laughs> um so yeah so i'm just trying to follow along so in in act two is there a conflict with the bullies in a crop circle and mm. while they're having a conflict, that's when the ex the aliens come and burn down the field, burn down like the the barn house, stuff like that. And all of a sudden, and yeah, and that causes a situation where our protagonists and this subsidiary antagonist, the bullies, kind of realize, well, if we're all here and none of us mm -hmm. have done that, who's doing? You know, that's when they're like aliens. Yeah. Yeah, now you have these two disparate groups of teenagers who know this extraterrestrial thing is happening. And with, you know, the, the police in town are obviously going to be looking at the kids, but the kids know it's aliens. And who's going to believe them? They're kids who have been making crop yeah. circles in fields. Obviously, they're going to tell the town that it was aliens doing it. So this now pits the kids against the alien invaders without the assistance of the adults. So then, it, so then by Act 3, we're in a full-blown humans versus monsters type scenario or if you've ever read uh, in the comics there's a series called aliens versus humans that's that's really just about us losing <laughs> to aliens all the time i mean um, it's your movie you can end it it, it, it kind of becomes that where it's <clears throat> no but in my mind it's that you know the, 
this is obviously an attack and the aliens are just going to leave. You know, maybe they, maybe we see this a shot overhead of them realizing that the kids get away. So they're going to stay, they're going to invade the town, but the adults don't believe them. Who's going to believe them that there are these extraterrestrial beings. So instead the kids have to take matters into their own hands. They have to save their town and who knows, maybe even the world from their stupid mouths. <laughs> like they, they've set into motion this thing that they now have to be responsible for. And the adults won't catch on until we are like deep into act three when we reach that point where the ship appears or something so large happens that the entire town realizes you know timmy tommy and bobby were always telling the truth so yeah so that takes us to act three um (laughs) what do you envision act three happening because i mean we could have a battle scene between aliens and like punk teens but that seems a little you know bringing a knife fight to a like a tank or a knife to a tank fight kind of thing <laughs> to like a laser yeah. battle. <laughs> um, well, I think it, I think that on the surface that would probably be the first attempt, right? Like, like the, like the tough kid in the group is like, well, let's just kick their asses. Cause we're, uh, we're humans. That's what we do. America. <laughs> and, uh, and it, and it won't work. Maybe we, maybe we lose one at the top of the third act. Like one of the kids goes down. Cause that makes the stakes. Do they just get like personal, atomized? Right? Like, now we've lost one of the kids. Yeah, just at, like straight up Mars attack style, just turned into their skeleton and, and it's gone. So now that so then it becomes because and, and, and you got to remember in the aliens best interest, they don't want to blow their cover to the adults either, because this isn't about at least it doesn't seem to be about taking over the world. It's more about responding to these punk kids. It's like it's like when Bart calls Mo and the Simpsons. You know, Mo isn't trying to kill all of the Simpsons. He only wants to kill Bart. He's like, that's the person that he's mad at. So these aliens are just trying to take out these kids. So instead it becomes the kids trying to face off against the aliens in a style that, you know, for my own personal amusement, it's more like a violent home alone where it becomes like traps and tricks and you know, yes, they have high tech, te- high technology, but do they have, you know, those kind of like, like almost like teenage level pranks where it, it can have a level of violence because it is cartoony in a sense, but it's still just, you know, trap doors and spikes and the swinging paintball can and, you know, uh, paint can all, all the things that you would, would think of in this scenario. I'm trying to think of a more recent example other than home alone, but it's just the one that we all know, right? Like that kid should be killed by those guys like top of act two, but instead <laughs> we survived the entire movie because he's just like a smart ass with good ideas. So it, it becomes kind of like that, like kids battling aliens in a home alone style type face off. And the aliens could always just, you know, burn the whole house down, but that's going to draw way too much attention. They can't handle all of America coming down on them. So they have to, it has to, be a little bit more covert and that plays into the kids advantage of being like this is our hometown we know how the you know abandoned mill or whatever in the center of town works and that's where we'll have our big face off which will all build up to the aliens attempting to get away or abduct the kids by bringing in their ship that big reveal the whole town will see and now it's like this town of people facing off against these aliens and it can be contained because we're in an age before social media before cell phones so there's no like there's like a guy with a camcorder we see being like nobody's gonna believe this but in terms of like the national guard coming in it's not going to happen because it's just it's all too contained Mm -hmm. so we're still within that container but it's like now the whole at the end of the movie it's basically the whole town taking pitchforks and baseball bats and whatever pistols to to a laser fight and being like we're gonna we gotta save our kids yeah i i like that i like that idea of like the aliens are so overprepared that they aren't able to reta- or defend themselves against like simpler uh, situations. Yeah. They, they expect, they expect war. They don't expect like hijacks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's how you defeat aliens. Is what's just, and I mean, that's kind of like, it is, it, it is not, it's I, in my brain. It's not like science, but in a way it does kind of have that science like twist where, you know, it's spoiler alert 20 years later, but it's like the thing that they used to defeat aliens and science is so simple. Mm-hmm. And you spend the whole movie being like, how are they going to get out of this one? And it ends up being just like a joke almost. And in this, we, we lean into it where it's like, they don't know how, you know, they the, have an initial face off. It doesn't go well. One of them gets hurt. One of them dies, whatever. And then they realize almost through, through an, through a deuce ex machina type event, like just through a complete act of God, 
that they're kind of dumb to just like basic stuff. Like they're super advanced creatures. They don't get jokes and they don't get hijinks and pranks. And they use that to their advantage in just a deadly yeah. way. Because they're kids, and that's what kids know. I'm, how to I'm do. really into that. And then I also like the idea of like the home field advantage. I envision like the nerdy, mm-hmm. the nerdy kid bringing up like the fact that like, oh, there's like an old, there's like old abandoned like mines that run underneath the town, so that they can just like sneak yeah. attack aliens all the exactly. time, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or the, <laughs> you know, or or the old grain silo downtown, and you get that great, you get that great sequence of like the alien getting crushed inside a silo because you know us Midwest kids know you can't fall down a silo and get back out, yeah. you will die. Aliens don't know that kind of thing. That's like that's like human that's human dumbness right there. That's like playing to our advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that kind of idea because my favorite thing, like I love a good high body count horror movie or sci-fi film, but I love it the most when it gets very practical and its effects and in its like execution of how people die. Like I don't want supernatural or super. I, I hate when a movie where like everyday people are pitted against an evil and all of a sudden they become like snipers. Like they, they have like these superpowers in terms of like being able to fight for their lives. I much prefer like hitting people with frying pans and things like that. Like to me, that's much more like how I would react in the moment. You know, aliens are breaking into my house. It's going to be much more like spur of the moment using the things at my disposal. So in this instance, you know, one of the kids is, you know, we already talked about having a nerdy kid. Why not make him an Eagle Scout? You know, he's, he's the boy scout of the group that knows how to tie knots and knows how to, you know, shoot bows and arrows and like very, very basic non-technological based retaliation yeah i like that too i i think that invites an element of slapstick which i think is really missing from hollywood nowadays um but still really Mm -hmm. you know like you can go back and watch classic three stooges and it's i mean it's still great comedy um i don't know it's just kind of a lost art oh yeah i love it i even like the three stooges the three stooges movie they made a few years ago i thought was really good it's just that people it's really hard to sell a three stooges yeah i think like the idea of like what like because everyone just thinks of it as their grandparents now if it was it's it's but it's an art like those guys really did that thing and it's really hard to do so i think that an element of humor and like you know they're already like everyone loves fun smart ass kids look at look at stranger things now imagine if you know it always built up to like this very big dramatic effect because we have so many hours with them but if, if it was just when you don't have that kind of time, it's not like all those personal narratives. It's just about like surviving against the aliens. It's, it's a little bit, you can have more fun with it because it's not like, Oh my God, I have to spend 18 hours with these people. It's an hour and a half. We're talking like a at most hour, 45 minute movie right now. It is, it is cut and dry. Smart ass kids, slacker kids, uh, meet up with makeup with the nerds, contact aliens, aliens arrive, threaten their hometown, whatever kids retaliate home alone style save the earth in the process. And it's the kind of thing that like nobody outside of their hometown will ever know about. So if you want to go with the extra cheesy ending, the extra cheesy ending would be to go full bore nineties. And at the end of it, have the voiceover narration that exists at like the end of the sandlot where we're like, and then Joey went on to work for NASA and Kevin went to jail and all of this. And like, but nobody ever knew that we saved the world from aliens and it opens the door (laughs) to do it again later on like now the kids are all grown up and we can do it again um they're they're called back into action or you know their their kids are interested in aliens and they're like don't mess with that stuff or maybe their videos just go viral on the internet at the end of the movie they're like no 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 like it, you know it, it's the, the news finally picks up that that dangerous signal they put into the crop circles and so the movie ends with you know seeing that the national news has picked up that that bad message they made in the crop circles and it kind of opens the door to like now what if aliens everyone sees it like what is that what happens if the whole world broadcasts this message yeah what if uh, i mean i mean that's an interesting that could open up to like a whole like universe of movies you know happening you know (laughs) yeah um yeah but i i I, what if what about the idea of like what if the like the camcorder footage that you said that one guy caught um what if that just became like like deep ancient like internet like lore Mm -hmm. you know like kind of one of those things that like people talk about oh like in the 90s you know this picture was like sent everywhere like Mm -hmm. everyone knew what this video was and it's just like one of those things that no one ever figured out because the internet wasn't you know what it is today back then but it's just something that like everyone knows 
yeah, it it is the creepy pasta of like the the ancient <laughs> the dark ages of the internet. No, yeah, exactly. It's like it almost like it becomes the first viral video. It's this unexplained collection of lights in the sky or whatever. And we know what we know what's happening because we're seeing the moment. But when we see it through his web for, through his camera, we could even use an existing image of some unexplained phenomena, lights in the sky or whatever, and superimpose sure. it into the shot to be like, oh, this is where that comes from. So like people that are already internet nerds would be like, holy crap, they're doing this story. Like this is the story <laughs> of where that comes from. Because like that's like the best moment in Signs for me is that scene where Joaquin Phoenix is sitting in the closet and they and the the Hispanic birthday party captures the alien walking by in the distance and you see him see the mm-hmm. footage for the first time and he like crashes into the closet and goes yeah. like, that's, that's such an important part of the story is like that first glimpse mm-hmm. of the, of the alien. So we can, we can kind of play on the other side of that. Like, what if we're capturing that moment? Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I get that. Yeah. And whenever I think about the end, just real quick, whenever I think about the end of signs, and, and they learn what the solution is, which I'm just going to spoil it, whatever, you can cut it if you want to. But at the end of Signs, they realize that, it, that it's water that kills the aliens. The movie that I just described to you is how I imagine that it plays out. It's just like, it's like a dad on his front yard with the hose being like, I've lived my entire life for this stupid moment where I fight off alien invaders with, with my garden hose. You know what I mean? Or, or a sprinkler system just mowing down aliens. It's such a yeah. stupid, it's such a stupid thing like plot device but it works so well and, and in this case it can be the same scenario where it is there's something stupid that affects the aliens but i think it's just good old-fashioned r-rated violence is the is always a good answer yeah i don't disagree i actually yeah i think that's really great i think actually you know as, as you're talking i'm thinking like ultimately uh, to make this first act really pop what what we what we need is is our way into this universe so i think I think maybe, maybe that maybe we actually open with news reports of the first existing crop circle, and uh, maybe even it's in the background, and we we join you know the new kid at school. That's that's the missing member of this crop circle crew, the new kid at school, mm. who's, who's fascinated by aliens and is you know kind of outcast at school. Sits at the lunch table with these nerds, and he's kind of obsessing over this story and asks them if they know anything about it, and they invite him into the world for you know for uh, for the first full like we see that they're the ones doing it kind of thing and then the rest of it it's exactly what you described but that kid can have you know can have the the cute sister or the cute brother who ends up dating like these who's ends up involved with the bullies later on but like we need that way into this world where everyone that we meet is new to us they need to be new to the character that we're hanging out with as well so so their introduction to those characters helps us get to know all these people and who they are and and the nerd and the good kid and whatever and ours is just like a kid that likes aliens probably has like a i want to believe poster on his wall from the (laughs) x-files like like that that nerd uh that that kid that like cool who would be considered very cool and very like hip and good at twitter today back in the 90s when he was nothing (laughs) um but otherwise i think that you're dead on the money and we get to that field for you know, the ultimate face off between these two at the top of act two. And that's, that's when first contact happens. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. I think it creates a, uh, a bridge between the events in the movie, the characters and events of the movie and the audience. Um, mm-hmm. kind of like someone to ask the questions that we need to ask. Exactly. You don't want, you want to believe the world is real. And I think the best way to do that is by, place give putting us in the perspective or like having the person like we're in the driver's seat of a person who is in who is finding the world themselves for the first time but it is already like fully in in form like these kids are already doing this thing because that saves us a lot of time as storytellers we don't have to spend the whole first act being like how do they find out about crop circles how do they start building they're like no 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 they've already done it we're just like figuring out we're just we're catching up to what's already happening in this world absolutely so mm-hmm. um so we get to the interaction in the crop circles where the aliens finally come to the town and burn it down. Does this, I feel like this almost immediately leads back into town and that first, like you talked about that first kind of battle with the aliens. Yeah. Like it's, it's like, Absolutely. it's like they burn down that, they burn down that field. The kids run back into town and the aliens just follow them. And like the town has to like fight against yeah. these aliens right then and there. Yeah. Yeah. People are preoccupied by the fire and the kids 
the kids chase after these these shadows that they see and i think that i think that the kid that we lose i think we do lose a kid in this in this moment because that's what's going to set off like everything that happens in the third act that we realize that it's this is like this is a, a war not just like a mm-hmm. friendly visit i think we lose the bully with the knife because they die and they become this martyr who died as a part of this fire but we know that they died as a result of these extraterrestrials so while the kids are being blamed for the fire in the field and the loss of you know Tommy the bully or whatever the town is mourning both mm-hmm. these bullies and 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 our group our core group of kids they are aware of this stronger force that they need to work together to defeat okay okay so um do so do the kids man i'm i'm guessing the kids try to rally some support from the townspeople and maybe yeah. like no one You've, maybe like no one listens except like one like weird wacko who was like the only member of the AV club when he went to high school you know but now he's yes 35 40 something you know or like the vet at the VFW hall mm. something like that like the old grizzled guy who 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 saw some who's seen some things everyone in town thinks he's crazy but He's actually the only one who knows what's really going on. That that yeah. kind of character. Yeah. That's where you get your that's where you get your real star power cuz the kids are whoever, you're mostly unknowns, maybe you're Jacob Tremblay or someone like that is thrown yeah. in there. It's for it's either the Stranger thing. Things kids or it's no one. Yeah, so then you get you get one older actor that's like your powerhouse like okay, and now blah 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 is a part of this like when you when you watch the, yeah. the trailer for that new ghostbusters film it's like i kind of know these kids and then you're like oh then that guy appears and you're like oh yeah. okay now now we're like really doing it <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah and for my money it's probably michael shannon because he's affordable <laughs> i was literally just thinking i was like well probably <laughs> michael shannon <laughs> wouldn't you love that it's either that or he's you know the, the the typecasting role for him is he would be the the local sheriff who thinks the kids set the fire the one that's yeah. kind of like on the run from and then, yeah and then this this older this elder would be someone even more ridiculous and refined a little bit even a little bit older than michael shannon like you want him to be like a like the last ride of this older guy not too old we're not talking uh um we're not we're not talking like in his 80s or 90s but somewhere in that like 50 60s hero range i say that as if vin diesel isn't like 55 years old <laughs> um, but you know what i mean like he's a little I know bit grizzled we have, yeah the young people this is this is an actor that you cast specifically for the parents of the kids that are coming to this film yeah absolutely uh i actually what if we input both of the st- so we have like the grizzled vet who's seen some things and then we also had like the weird the weird guy who like lives in you know some like trash shack you know who's just like that another deep internet person yes or we learn that who we assume is the guy hiding in the ch- in the shack is actually like a is a woman of some kind but she has she you know the way that she presents herself online or the way the stories about her mm. she's just a legend with a different kind of name and when we meet them it's a it's a her and the kids are kind of have that moment where they're like, oh, she's not going to be able to help us. But in fact, she's like the key to everything. Because then we then we get to bring in, we also get to bring in like a classic female actress and adult actor who, who we haven't seen on screen together before. And we get a little bit more like excitement. Like if, if the kids find out that Laura Dern is the one who's like actually, <laughs> actually knowledgeable about this stuff, you're like, oh my God, Laura Dern. Um, she would be a terrible choice, but just first name that popped into my head. I think she'd be a great uh, choice. I love Laura Dern. <laughs> I know, but it's like she is. She's right. It's almost like she's too right for it in my brain. Where I'm like, I want it to be somebody where you're like, holy crap! Like they're the person. They're the thing that's going to tie this together. Like if I could cast anyone as like the old vet, it'd be Nicolas Cage in a heartbeat because he's like he's got that kind of crazy thing already. Where like when you see him, you're like, oh, he's he's always looks like he's like three seconds away from exploding, and that's what he. He does so well so the idea of being like well i guess yeah of course there's aliens why wouldn't there be like that's a nicholas cage thing to be a like be like i'm on board i'm willing to do this with you but uh, there's there's room I, laura dern yeah you're right laura dern would be a good choice so let's just put it as laura dern and nicholas cage as, as the older people that are like roped into helping these children and then maybe the bad boy is like, we need some firepower. So he goes to the grizzled vet, you know, to be like, you've, you've been in war, old man. So 
you know, we need your help now. Yeah, it, it's his it's his grandparent that like lives in the in the attic or the basement of their <laughs> of their house, you know, like Tommy oh, did yeah. was, wasn't your grandfather in the war and he's like, "Yeah, Vietnam war which is you know forever ago at this point and they're just yeah. like he's still war right and they're and then they go and you know have a have a crazy interaction with this guy so i have a question so were there aliens in vietnam and that's why the grandpa decides I mean, to fight with them he's seen yeah, some I mean, shit you, yeah he's he, that's exactly the line it's just like <laughs> i've seen some shit and they're like what and you're like you never ask a soldier what he's seen it's like one of those things where it's like we don't we don't talk about it. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that like, it's, it's fun to open that door because there are like, you know, recently if we're going to like, you can kind of tie in like real stories because recently when the actual U S government here in 2020, like declassified all their alien files, it's always like the air force or the Navy who have all these files where they capture unidentified objects while they're doing routine reconnaissance missions. So like, why not? Like, yeah, he saw some stuff in the war and they told him that it was, the enemy but he knew it wasn't and it's never sat right with him and this is his chance like he doesn't even question it like the kids are approaching it like he's never going to help us he's going to think we're insane but when they tell him instead he's like hell yeah let's let's go <laughs> I, I knew this day would come but to him it's like a personal thing where it's like i knew they would come back for me and the kids are like this has nothing to do with you it's like no this is per- for me this is personal and this is the that's the grizzled old that's the grizzled old grandpa in um Independence Day, basically. Oh yeah, it is. He's yeah, yeah. Let's just <laughs> let's just straight up. It works so well in that movie. Just it like works straight up so it. well. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't doubt it for a second. You're like, yeah. Why would that be the thing that happens? Yeah. No. I yeah. I'm like 100 percent it. Hey, tropes in movies exist for a reason. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm totally 100 percent in. And today's moviegoer loves a wink and a nod to another good movie. Like they love, they love those references. So like having a story element that's lifted from something else, they'll be like, Oh, what a cool callback to like what they do in independence day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right. So, so now they've added a few new members to the team. Maybe they got like Mm -hmm. the other bullies working with them. Yeah. Um, I think I think it'd be really interesting if the the uh, the new nerd the like the you know new post kid. yeah well mm-hmm. not the new kid but the uh, the one that they just recruited the one who yeah. they like knew on the blog posts and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, if uh, he like or she she constantly like has like cameras recording the town and is like yeah oh yeah I know where the like I know or like. Maybe um, maybe her and the nerd kid, um, are like um. Like review the uh the signs that mm-hmm. uh, the aliens put like crop circles, and mm-hmm. tried to like translate them to like get a little more information, um yes. and maybe it was like maybe it was like a timetable for like the other alien forces so they're like we know when the aliens are coming you know, a little extrapolating yeah. you know a little. Uh, yeah. No, I love it. Maybe, obviously, this is this is happening. You asked what was before blog, so it would be like a forum, like like they're on a forum, a forum. Talk yes, about yeah, alien yeah, yeah. stuff, and, and their cameras come into it by by this this stranger posting like like I caught aliens on camera fighting teenagers, and it's a video of what we saw being this mm. bully dying to the aliens. So like this person is in our town, like this is us. I'm in this video. So that that kind of yeah. gives us a bridge to be like, oh, let's meet in real life because like we got to work together. But of course, their name would 100%. be like something crazy, you know, Anunnaki, mm-hmm. whatever, because that's just a reference to the Sumerian thing. So like we tie it in there where it's like, okay, they're on the same page, and you'll assume that it's a guy because it's the internet in the '90s. So we can have stupid jokes like it's probably just some fat pedophile, and you know, yeah. blah 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 blah. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> So the the expectation is that it's it's a different kind of monster who's just like creeping on kids on the internet. Yeah. Uh, no, I def I'm definitely down for that. I think that's great. Um, so I think, but I but I think adding on this new to like technological prowess prowess from this character, yeah. um, allows them to like maybe they maybe her and the the kid nerd can like kind of like 
loosely translate the crop circles and be like, oh, this is when they're mm-hmm. going to attack, and so that they can mm-hmm. plan, you know. And yes. the grandpa can be like, we need some firepower, and they just get like fireworks, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yes, fireworks, good, good use. Yeah, so, some hokey, you know, Home Alone type, mm-hmm. uh, like hijinks. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like uh, like he pulls out real guns, and then they're like, "What? What do we get?" And he's like, "You can't have guns." So it's you know, it's it's roaming candles, it's maybe pocket dives, it's firecrackers, and then it's like ropes and things like that, where it's mm-hmm. just like we're gonna have to build some stuff. Which now, now our Boy Scout character can be like, "I've got this," and we you know like let's let's get to it. I know I know what to do. But I think you're mm-hmm. right. Like there's, there's a sign. Maybe it's maybe like because they were on the ground during the fire, they didn't realize that the fire started because of a symbol, like one last message that was like, this is a warning. You have whatever, how many hours, some kind of countdown that leads up to Friday night in, in this town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so then we get the montage of them like setting up traps and building, you know, kind of like homemade weaponry kind of things. Yes. Um, and then we get, and then, yeah, oh yeah. And <laughs> the nerd, the nerd bringing them like, Hey, I just found this blueprint for these old abandoned tunnels underneath the city, you know? Yeah. Um, the old mine. And so then they start planning and then mm-hmm. it builds to the big fight scene. And I think like, I think going back to like how you said the aliens don't want to make like this big, um, like make themselves known. I think it's maybe just like one alien spaceship that just comes down and just yeah. drops like a, like a small squadron, you know, maybe like 10 to 20 alien, you know, it's like not mm-hmm. a lot of them. Um, no, it doesn't need to be. Yeah. And yeah, kind of going through this town, you know, um, mm-hmm. and we get this big, you know, kind of like home alone style kind of fighting between the kid, mm-hmm. like this gang of kids against this like small group of aliens um yeah one that distracts them and like and like steers them towards everybody else in in which case you know everything's booby trapped and set up for set up for this silly yet very serious battle for the fate of the planet (laughs) absolutely um how do you how do you envision this fight scene ending or this battle scene ending Mm. I think it ends with so slowly but surely the gang all kind of gets picked off. They're not, they're not killed necessarily as much as they are like, um, I don't want to say like frozen or knocked out. It's more stunned. Like they're all just kind of incapacitated in some way and the aliens are going to capture them. Cause at the end of the day, the alien goal isn't to take over the planet necessarily. It's more to capture these people who spawned their anger who who sent this message whatever it happens to be through a middle finger to the aliens more or less and they're <laughs> out there to like seek revengeance and it, it's a matter of like the the big ship appears to take to take up the captives and, and our hero the new kid that we meet at the top of the movie our, our our eyes through the film is the one to come in and kind of save the day possibly with the help of whoever liked him the least in the group you know you got to have that you got to have that last minute partner up of like the unlikely friends come together to save everybody else. But I, cause I, I said Friday night earlier because I imagine that like, while this is happening in town, the rest of the town needs to be somewhere else. Like you don't, cause otherwise everyone will know what's happening. So Friday night you can have like the big football game nearby mm. at the edge of town and this fight's taking place downtown. So the big alien ship appears to, you know, take the captives with them. And that's the moment where like the the game grinds to a halt and everyone in town sees this thing happening in the distance. And then we can kind of zoom back into our hyper close reality of these, these kids uh, making one last dash to stop the aliens through whatever means it happens to be. We, we haven't really established a way to stop them, but it is like a matter of if we stop these ones, then, you know, maybe they won't be gone forever, but we'll we'll be we'll be safe for now because there's just this one ship. There's this all we see is this one ship. So it, it's you know maybe it's an explosive. You know, Grandpa, our, our our surviving war vet might have like that one stick of dynamite or whatever it happens to be. Sacrifices himself, goes up with the aliens, big explosion in the sky, something along those lines where it's like utterly ridiculous, but 
you know, still has the emotional connection of like, we might be someone sacrificing themselves to save everybody else. And, you know, the aliens are defeated. This is one ship is gone. Everyone in town is like, what the F just happened? <laughs> um, the kids basically get away scot-free because everyone's going to assume the aliens did all of it and not that kids started it. And, and our friends are now, our, our group of friends are now tighter than ever. The, the bullies and them, they've set aside their differences and they have this shared secret that they'll, that they'll carry on for the rest of their lives. So it's a happy ending, but it comes with a cost of some kind, sure. which is why it's good that we introduce a few extra characters halfway through. Sure. And I think that's fair. I mean, I think that's how life works sometimes. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, uh, I think that's a pretty solid movie, you know, unless you have anything to I'd add. Watch it. <laughs> I'd watch it. No, I was trying to think of like, I'm trying to think of like one really brutal. Like To me, it's like they're all fun deaths where it's like, oh, it's violent. Like, you know, like someone on YouTube made a video that was like home alone. But if it was if it was all the effects were real and it was like much more violent. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, if you get hit in the face by a paintball can it would, uh, it would or paint paint can. I don't know why I keep saying paintball. It would like wreck your face. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I something like that. But I do picture them like I, I want to see like an alien ripped in half or something. And I want I want to see some I want it to be. I want it to earn its R rating because if we're going to have teenagers, they're going to swear all the time. So we're going to, we're going to go R these kids, these kids swear. So if we're going to go for the R, like let's earn it. Let's just, you know, like let's go all out. These aliens, they can bleed a funny color. Maybe it's bright green. Maybe it's purple, something, something that's, you know, stands out in this typical alien, but we kind of get to play with like the goo element of, of aliens a little bit. And uh, because Ooh, aliens yeah. are what much if like, it's like zombies, a dis- different consistency. Yeah. Oh yeah. It has to be, it has to be like, like one, like the first time they get one, it's like a gross moment because they're just like, ew, that's what's inside of them. Like then not only did they not yeah. think it was going to work. It's like Nickelodeon yeah, slime. But it's like, yeah, it's like Nickelodeon slime consistency. We're like, ugh, like this is disgusting. And now like that's an element. Like they slip on the alien blood. It, it does get a little bit more slapsticky because we're like, oh, they're, it's like, it's like killing zombies <laughs> in a movie, right? Like you can do whatever you want to them because we don't see them as like human beings. So the the aliens get like that so while they are kind of kind of funny funny ways of dismantling the these invaders it is still like there's a level of ultra violence to it because it's like you have to make sure they're dead so like you're shooting them with arrows and then you know something like that where it's like oh so they're just going to be like squirting slime basically <laughs> um, or you know have to poke out their eyes i don't know um but the element of it being a very gruesome third act that has very colorful blood because that always makes it like more palatable for mainstream audiences. Because I see this as like a, to me, this is like a summer movie, right? Like kids versus aliens saving the world. They're like, what? what is that? What is not a summer blockbuster about that idea? So you can't go so hard that families with, with cool parents are turned off taking their kids, but <laughs> y- you want to go hard enough that like, genre fans and adults will be like it was you know it's it does have kids in it but like it's not a kids movie like we are we are going for it yeah i definitely get that um i think that is a very fine line to balance on and i think this movie um obviously a lot of that falls under execution but i think this movie definitely fits that category of like writing that that thin line very well yeah, I mean, I I love like the recent re the recent remakes of it, the second one notwithstanding for being a little little too long and messy, mm-hmm. like they do a really good job of like these kids swear a lot and there aren't that many scares, but when the scares come, they're hot and heavy, and you're just like, oh my god, you can do that! Like it, it's 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 so weird to see it go so extreme when most of the time you're just hanging out with foul mouthed kids, and I like that. I like that balance, especially in the first half. They do it so well that when they get to like the creepy house and like there's like exploding heads and blood and creepiness, you're like, oh, this is intense, but it's earned because like the world has like set it up to be like, no, this is more real than it is a cartoon, but it has kind of fun elements to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree with all that. I I have nothing more to say than yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> good I've, i make I, I feel like we're making a movie here that you're that you'll enjoy oh absolutely um i definitely <laughs> love these kinds of movies um and not so much gore but like horror and horror comedy is is 
certainly is my wife's favorite genre. So this is definitely something that I would be like mm-hmm. very happy to exist that I could just be like, Hey, I've heard about this new movie that I think you'd like, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. My, my partner is not a horror fan. She likes horror comedies, but like, like a good example of a recent film that she wasn't sure of that she really gets into now is, is the recent uh, Krampus movie, which only got PG 13, but oh. the deaths in it are relatively violent. Like they're pretty dark. Um, and wild and cartoony well that's probably because the mpaa really more cares about like sexuality than death yeah the mpaa is so yeah whatever <laughs> that's a whole that's a whole different episode but yes <laughs> i've i've ranted about the mpaa on this podcast before so it's nothing new to here so <laughs> but you know I think we've made the movie, so now it's now we gotta you know cast the movie. It's time for the cast list. Do 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 cast list. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So all right, so okay. um, uh, unless you have any specific actors for the younger roles, I think let's just say like it's either like the Stranger Things kids or Jacob Tremblay, or it's just mm-hmm. like no names you know, young child actors. Yeah. There's not a lot of kid actors that are not in stranger things that are in that age group, but I don't really want to use them only because I would want it to be mostly unknowns. Like I think you have to have Jacob Tremblay in there or, um, or maybe like, yeah, I don't know. Like it's, it's so hard because that age range is like, it's it's a tough one because they're all like actually in their twenties playing younger. So I would say it's mostly unknowns. I'm I'm sure that there are some like Netflix original film starlet and star that you can shove in there to like get people to watch it. But personally, have no preference. Yeah, I think I think Jacob Tremblay for like the new kid would work really well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, or even as the Boy Scout, he has Boy Scout energy. He does have. <laughs> he does have. Boy Scout energy. That sounds like a riff <laughs> off of Big Dick energy, but we're talking about a yeah, 12 year old, so it's is. weird. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> fine. He's got it. It's cool. Like, you have it or you don't, and he does. It's, he has it's fine. It's BSE. <laughs> yeah, Boy Scout energy. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, Merit badge energy, MBE. <laughs> 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 yeah. That's very um, good. But no, so the rest of them. For the rest of them, I don't care, though I think it would be funny if, if uh, not this actress, but if you had like the girl on Ozark, whose name I can never remember, the younger girl, mm. if you had some uh, a mean, like, if you had like a female bully, because I always find that dynamic great when the bully is like an angry, it's the opposite sex of some kind, just because I like that dynamic. Plus, there's always like that mm. weird romantic tension where it's like, do they hate each other or is she got a weird crush on this kid? Like, what's happening? Yeah. Um, but I, so yeah, other than that, a group of lovable diverse kids whoever they happen to be yeah 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 i can't tell you the name of any of the kids in in super 8 off the top of my brain but i like those kids so there you go They're something like probably that. not kids anymore but yeah no but when they were you were like i don't know who any of these kids are but i'm in let's let's go for the ride very good point okay so for adults oh let's just get that uh oh crap what's the name of the uh uh, he plays Abe Sapien in the Guillermo del Toro Hellboy movies. Oh um, my gosh! Um, he plays like he plays all the freaky like gangly monsters in all horror movies. You know who I'm talking about? Toby yeah, Jones. Doug not Jones. To- Doug Jones. Doug I Jones. Swear, not Toby Jones. Doug Jones. I think Doug Jones. You're close. You're very close. I was very close. Toby Jones is a very short man. Uh, Doug Jones for i think should play like at least the main alien like the leader the squadron leader or something you know mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. i think this movie would be very I mean, let him play them all and just yeah i mean let him play them all and just parent trap cgi it. that or if you have yeah or if you have a budget for some practical effects then let him be the leader and then just put people in suits yeah who cares yeah <laughs> um I, I i do enjoy that i do enjoy that so yeah put, put people in suits and then the only other actors i mean there's like some who who cares 
parents and a farmer whose field they're tearing up, which could be a really good character actor role. The farmer who like keeps getting interviewed on the news, trying to be like, what happened? What's happening to my field? Um, that one should be Michael Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Just like these, these angry kids are just tearing up my field. So there we go. We've, we found a role for our guy. He only has to be on set for like two days, to film all that junk. And it's a really easy job for him. Yeah. Um, and then we have like what we have we have the police officer who's like after the kids. You always got to have like the 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 other antagonist, and then um, the 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 war veteran that helps them out, the internet forum person that helps them out, and that's really it. You have like three adult actor roles that you can fill with pretty much anyone you want, and then the rest of it is is you know then we're off to the races. It's a it's a relatively small cast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, going back to your previous statement about the war vet, I really like Nicolas Cage. That's good. Um, <laughs> it, it, he's just like he's such a perfect like I've seen some shit kind of character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who's never he's never been put in just like that simple of a role. You know, there's yeah. always like something wacky about his character. And sometimes I think mm-hmm. you just need to, you know, just put him in a simple role and he'll be wacky. Um. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I love it. Um, and then, so we need the internet forum commenter helper. So I actually thought, so you didn't really love the idea of Laura Dern because no. it felt too obvious for you? Yeah, give me something um, a little weirder. What about Rose Byrne? Okay. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I I do. I like that. Didn't see that coming, did you? No, I did not. My brain is like racing now. Where I'm like, I'm also just like, I like, I like the idea of Rose Byrne and Nicolas Cage because he'll, he'll inevitably try to like make a move on her, and she is so out of his league, (laughs) and like that. That that's a nice little bit of funny, funniness to it. Because you know he'll be like, what does this dame know about this stuff? And and she'll be like, what does this old bastard have to do with any of this? And there's like that, there's that like great extra tension where the kids are like, can you guys like knock this off? Like what's happening? Um, so yes, a hundred, a hundred percent. Yes to that. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm absolutely Sweet. all in on that. Rose Byrne. It is. And I feel like those are actors that like with even a modest budget, like you can afford, you can afford Rose Byrne, Nicholas Cage and Michael Shannon. That doesn't seem like it's going to break the bank. Yeah. All right, uh, Nick Nick Cage likes doing indie movies. Like he did Mandy last year. Super good. Um and I've heard great things about that movie. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I love him. And then and then we need a we need a sheriff. We need we need somebody that's that's coming after that that's, you know, suspicious of these kids. Mm. I really want to go like really off the rails and say like Chris Tucker. Oh my gosh, I was definitely on this line of like, I definitely will. We need some people of color in this movie, 100%. And I think that this would be a fun opportunity to have like a, like a, it's, it's really just a question of like, do you see this, do you see this sheriff as like, um, like way too serious for the job that he has or somebody who's like, has fun with it? Cause it's a small town, so it can go both ways, right? Like you can have that sheriff that's like, thinks they're, the top cop in a big city, but really they, they, they're in control of nothing in a tiny town or you can have the cop that like understands their role. And it's just like, nah, these kids. And that really defines like who should be that person. Um, I mean, so I, I mean, I get that, but like a kid supposedly dies in a fire. So I feel like (laughs) it should be someone who is trying to take their job seriously. Yeah. And that's why I think Chris Tucker, because like, that's why he's funny is because he's like, he always seems like he's ta- like trying too hard. It's true. Um, it's true. But, but he's a little in over his head. Not very good at it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let me think. I I like that. I'm like I'm kicking it around in my head. Like who? Who also? Who do I get? Who do I want to see like bumping into these these other characters in this world? But that one is so good that I'm like I don't. I mean, it's good. Um, you're not in love with it though. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. I, I mean, I am feeling it because like <laughs> I was, I was honestly like Chris Tucker was a name that popped through my head. And now I'm just like playing around with who else could it be? I, I like the idea of someone a little bit older. Um, you know, it's, it's, he's been the town sheriff forever. Cause there, so there's this element of like, I, I've seen, 
I've seen everything. I know that these kids are lying because like I'm a grizzled old cop. Like I've I've seen it all. I know mm-hmm. this whole town. There's no aliens. I would know if there were aliens in my town. Um, yeah. So that's so that's that makes me lean a little bit older, but it's I don't know, man. I don't know. This is tough. I mean, Chris, I, Tucker, Chris, Chris Tucker's, Tucker's got to be pretty old right now. He's getting a little older, um, for sure. I mean the. The big jump would be like if you went like I guess the obvious choice would be like a Samuel L. Jackson type where he's just like way too tough for the kids. So there's like that a little bit of heaviness, but it's yeah. also like he's insane. Um, and if I wanted to go all American boy, a little bit of a random casting choice, but I always love uh, like I love Kyle Chandler's work and like whether it be like Friday Night Lights oh. or whatever Godzilla King of Monsters, but he has that like cop feel to him he's like that all-american guy yeah. where it's like you see him leading a small town in part because of friday night lights but like you know that he can command a crowd in that way and like he he kind of toes the line between earnest and a little bit too much <laughs> um in a way that yeah. i think would be good but if we want to have a little bit more diversity in the cast, which is always good because we already have Rose Byrne and Nicolas Cage, like, yeah, screw it. Let's go Chris Tucker. Either one of those casting choices, I'd be like, I'm in. Chris Tucker would definitely raise more eyebrows on like the, the, the I'm like thinking about the press release that's announcing the film. And people are like, Nicolas Cage, all right. Rose Byrne, that's weird. Chris Tucker, like, what is, what is happening here? Like, what is, what is this amalgamation of people? <laughs> but you could also throw Kyle Chandler in as like the dad of the new kid that we're following. Cause like his, you know, his dad who's like, you know, what was your first day oh, of school like in all these scenes? So you know, like, good. Yeah, you kind of have this extra part where like, you know, he's, He's rooting for his son. He's just not quite there yet. There's like all that going on. So, um, yeah, I love I love all of this. This is working for me. And if we wanted to go younger on the Nicolas Cage actor and make it somebody a little bit a little bit younger, that's just more off the rails. I I always love to shove a Sam Rockwell in a film if I can. So, oh, I, either yes. one. I throw I would throw the offer out to both of them and be like whoever whoever goes first, <laughs> you know, whoever whoever <laughs> wants it will write the character to meet this this kind of like off the cuff loose guy. Absolutely. Great. I, I will say, I, th- I think this is maybe the first time in history that anyone has ever said, Hmm, for this character, it could either go Kyle Chandler or Chris Tucker. I think that's yeah, probably the first time it's ever happened in history. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Chris Tucker might've been up for Godzilla King of the monsters. They might've been like, I don't know. Oh, I was going to say Friday night lights, <laughs> <laughs> man. Can you imagine if Friday night lights was reshot, but it was just, it was Chris Tucker all a like rush hour in there. Just being like, do you not hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? I said pass. Oh, I would love that. Clear That's eyes, a- full hearts, can't lose. Yeah, can't lose. What did I say? Can't lose. And they're just like yelling it back to him, and he's he's still louder and like more exaggerated than they are. <sighs> yeah, I would watch that. And now I need somebody on on the internet to like splice these two things together. <laughs> like I just That's need Chris so Tucker fun. doing line readings of Friday Night Lights scripts. <laughs> I wonder how much how much we'd have to pay him to do that, honestly. Ugh, these are the kind Probably of things that much. I wish if the world wasn't on fire and you could just earn money, uh, you could just like raise money for stupid things and not like hunger and <laughs> and diseases. I would just be like, let's raise money to make actors do other people's parts in their like classic characters because that's that's endless amusement for me. That's our movie. James, I hope you liked thanks it. Thanks for coming on the pod. Oh, I did. I love it. You know, slapstick coming of age, mid nineties, Midwest aliens, you know, murder, death. Yeah. Gooey alien blood. Mm -hmm. You hit all the, you hit all my uh, big points. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. All right. You know, plug everything you want to plug, you know, let the people know what you're working on so that they can keep following you. Great. I am working on a lot of things right now. So I'm doing, uh, as the time that we're recording this, I'm working through all the films for Fantasia Fest. So if you want to read reviews of movies like Dinner in America, Unearth, For the Sake of Vicious, uh, Kriya, um, pretty much any horror sci-fi type film that's going to be coming out in the indie film scene in the next six months, I'm probably writing about it right now, either at substreammagazine.com or at Asheville Movies. I also am their like go-to VOD critic, so anything that's on video VOD, I'm probably reviewing for them. Um, for my day job, I work at Holix.com, we're a music promotional distribution platform, meaning that like bands use us to share their music with people in radio, 
members of the media. Some of the artists that use Holix are Bruce Springsteen, Slipknot, Tool, Killswitch Engage, Blink-182, Mariah Carey, Steve Aoki, and thousands more. You can sign up today for a free account by visiting holix.com. That's H-A-U-L-I-X.com. And uh, we have a new podcast that I host. It's called High Notes, and it's a podcast about addiction and recovery in the music business. Every episode features a different musician telling me their story about going from being an addict to being in recovery but it's not like this podcast where we're having a traditional interview it's a narrative driven story so there's a lot of cutaways to song clips and uh, insight into the world of recovery how you can get clean resources and so forth there are eight episodes in the first season they're all available right now and if you need even more content with me I host a YouTube channel called Music Biz, where I walk through how to succeed in the music business, and a second podcast called Inside Music, where I talk to artists about their careers in music. So that's like a hundred ways that you can find me, and I'm on Twitter. It's at James Shotwell, just like it sounds, with an underscore at the end. I used to have just James Shotwell, but it got deleted for reasons we don't need to discuss here. And <laughs> that's my account now, which I'm sure they'll tag me in when this episode goes out. Absolutely. Uh, and... To finish it up, uh, please follow What a Pitch on Facebook and Twitter at P-O-D-W-A-P. Um, and just tweet at us. Tell us, you know, how much you, you hate me. I'm really okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and follow What a Pitch wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe. And also subscribe to the Pandering Talk channel. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say this was... This, this podcast is brought to you by the Pandering Talk channel. So follow them on pod uh wherever you listen to podcasts as well um some fun news what a pitch is now officially on spotify finally uh so follow us there uh really appreciate it um so big thank you to james i listen to the show on spotify perfect there you go i can get that point zero 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 two three cents per listen now uh thank you James for coming on to the pitch and or to the podcast and pitching your movie and thank you everyone for listening to what a pitch woo <laughs>